The curtain opens. The lights go up. Those first few notes of magic. The crew that brings it all to you is here to tell you what it's like to live the backstage life. This is Show Call. Hey, what's up, everyone? I got I to do it a couple That's, times. Uh, no, I understand, man. <laughs> I got to do it. I, Dude, yeah. I did this in my studio for an hour and a half yesterday yeah. selling fake tea. So. Yeah. It's yeah. Pro- I, at yeah. home, I just keep... For Sorry? Just... Uh, no, I have a stupid podcast where uh, I play like a left-wing Alex Jones, and uh, <laughs> I have a whole line of grift products that I sell people. <laughs> Uh, like Antifa Super Ser- Soldier Serum, yeah. Antifa, which is a dietary supplement that you put in water. It's a tea bag. Yeah. So I build commercials to put into the show content to build time. Because if you've ever listened to Alex Jones, yeah, it's like forty percent of it is him hawking some dietary supplement yeah. or, or or life plan. And he makes yeah. money on that. He shit. makes millions, millions. It's, That's incre- it's crazy. Insane. Okay, here we go. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Show Call. I'm your host, Chad Allen. With me today is account manager for Christy Lights, Michael Ferguson. What's up, Mike? I am doing well. <laughs> doing well, <laughs> Chad. Uh, I'm a little late, so I apologize. Uh, I had a work call uh, pop up, which is very strange these days because uh, I, I don't get very many of them because yeah. uh, we're, of course, shut down in the middle of COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't remember the last work call. Yeah, it was March, it was strange. I, I I couldn't like I had to like get into gear of talking mm-hmm. about lighting and rigging and stuff, which I haven't had to do for six months at this. Yeah, six months I'd say. Right. Yeah. 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 So you know, good. I'm doing great. It's really nice to see people. <laughs> uh, it's a different uh, venue than we usually see each other. Usually, I, know. I, I see you uh, well lit in the backdrop of the Gorge Amphitheater. Yeah. Uh, no offense, these curtains aren't as pretty, but uh, your face is just as pretty as it normally uh, is. You. So it's thank wonderful you. to see, <laughs> dude. I'm I'm excited to see uh, you. I wish uh, I wish it was over shots, but yeah, yeah. yeah I wish it was over. I wish we were, uh, you know, celebrating the end of a well-executed festival mm-hmm. uh, with yep. some drinks at like three in the morning, uh, and then looking at our watch yep. and realizing at six in the morning we have to load out in two hours, so <laughs> I should go to bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. To the to the tent to the yeah. cot whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever we would be. To, uh, I'm just gonna sleep in the back of the golf cart. Like it's <laughs> just too much time to drive up to the yeah. to the trailer and go to bed. And it's I don't have enough that I don't have the time for that. Yeah. yeah. So you're you're the account manager. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm an account manager for Christie Lights. We um, we're a lighting and rigging company. So for people who don't know what lighting or rigging is, lights are the things that shine light at people on stages, and rigging is the things that hold all the gear in the air mm-hmm. <laughs> and make sure that they don't fall on people, which is a very bad day. Luckily I've never had that bad day, Yeah, uh, but it does happen. Um, and my job is to coordinate um, is it's kind of multifaceted and it depends on kind of what day uh, it is. I'll, I'll be doing a variety of these things. Like my day to day is I'm, uh, you know, writing invoices, coordinating labor, um, uh, managing inventory of uh, equipment from one one shop to another. At, at one point, my company had 13 different warehouses in three countries, and after COVID, we, we have five or six. Um, 
still in three countries, but um, uh, it used to be that we had to coordinate um, gear coming from, you know, three different shops uh, across North America. Mm-hmm. Um, on like a show day, I'm inter- interacting with, you know, our clients and our bands and our technicians, making sure that everything in our uh, lighting and rigging world goes smoothly, that we've anticipated any problems that have arose uh, and dealing with any problems that we have not. Um, you know, a bad fixture, a bad motor, uh, a band comes up and, you know, wonders why we don't have their floor package that <laughs> they swear that they and had you're, advanced. Yeah. You're, you're testing this stuff before. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously before the show. Yeah. And, and so you have time to know if you have Yeah, we always account for spares and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But, gotcha. you, but you never know. Sometimes a whole, mm-hmm. you know, four cases of fixtures falls off of a forklift because... Someone's a squirrel runs in front of the forklift and they slam on the brakes and everything goes haywire. Yeah, there's a ton of moving parts. Yeah, there's tons of moving parts. And and we live in a dynamic, ever-changing world. And things can just sort of happen. And we try to account for all possibilities. But the one possibility that you can't account for is the one you don't think of. And that's the one that's going to happen. Yep. Um, So, yeah, my my linchpin, like, small... To summarize, like what I do in the industry is I facilitate and uh, supply lighting and rigging equipment for anything that needs it. So if it's a small, if it's like a middle school dance or prom, if it's a church service, if it's a fifty thousand person festival, yep. if it's a corporate event, uh, it's, if it's um, you know a trade show, we we, we kind of do it all. And our and our jobs, my job varies from just sending you a quote for the equipment that you've asked for and and mm-hmm. pressing go and making sure it all shows up and uh, is in packed and proper ordered and uh, to designing your events, to getting a designer in for you um, to create your event and work within the budget uh, and supply labor. And, and when, you, yeah. <clears throat> when you have that list of the things that they want, that's a writer yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah, it's, right. a, it's a writer. It's a, a yeah, yeah, yeah. We could call it a writer or a plot. You yeah, know. yeah. And and you do you oversee that getting it out of the warehouse into yeah 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 overseeing yeah. that part yeah from from request to and to in in the box out the door on stage to home like that is I'm responsible for kind of all of that and are you at the venue to retrieve it uh, usually um, I mean I if I have crew on site you know they'll they'll take care of that but um, you know my main job is maintaining the relationship between the person who ordered the stuff and, and my company. Um, so I like to be on site kind of as much as possible because it's a lot easier to maintain relationships when you're in the same space, you know? Um, obviously I can't be everywhere all at once and in the, in the before four times when there'd be multiple gigs in in one weekend. Um, right. You know, I'd have to pick and choose where I go, but you know, I try Mm -hmm. to be at every, you know, I try to have to show my face uh, at every large event that I can, and even the small ones that I think are uh, up and coming promise. Yeah, still, I try to show up at. still being responsible for the yeah. multiple gigs happening at once yeah. of all that gear. Yeah, D- deployed. You know, that yeah. show, that show, that show, it all has to, you're, that's you. Yeah. You've got to make sure it all gets right. there. Like, uh, you know, I pick up the phone at three in the morning when a truck doesn't show up, or when we find out, <laughs> the, when we find out that. Uh, oops, the room isn't 40 feet by 60 feet wide. It's 30 feet by 90 feet wide. Oh. Uh, you know, then we have to completely change 
what we thought of uh, and re you know redesign on the fly. Um, you know, I'm the guy that client or crew calls to start fixing that problem, yeah. getting more equipment out yeah. or, or tracking down a truck or, 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 or whatnot. What do you do when a truck goes missing? Uh, Full sweat, of millions of millions of dollars. Of so I had a gig in Las Vegas uh, for, I think it was, it was a like high, high end Amazon gig uh, or no, it wasn't an Amazon. Uh, I had a gig in Las Vegas and it was for like a shoe company um, in the Northwest. And uh, we loaded in at three in the morning and we were supposed to be show ready by noon and our truck driver just didn't wake up <laughs> at 2 a.m. to drive said truck. And he just, like, hadn't plugged in his phone all the way. <laughs> so his phone was dead. Uh, oh, my yeah, God. So, so I, you know, it's 3 in the morning. And mm-hmm. this was the one time, this is one of the many times I'm like, well, nothing's going to go wrong. This is a carrier and a driver that we know and we trust. A hundred times out of a hundred, this guy is delivered for me. I should be fine. And of course, that one time, you know, we have to like, I, I get a phone call at three ten. Hey, the truck is not here, or you know, two fifty five. Hey, the truck is not here. It should be here fifteen minutes before we're supposed to unload. It's not here. Can you try to find him? And then I'm just calling my transportation leads, my uh, the the local. That this was in Las Vegas, so I had the number for the the um, dispatch for the carrier. Called them, you know, and I mean, it eventually came down to sending a crew member out to the dude's house and waking him up <laughs> so he wasn't in his truck asleep no it was like he's at home he's at home trucks parked in front he just it just was one what of those like oops, a nightmare oops. yeah total nightmare and there's like a such a simple yeah. dude and uh, my main job thing. is stressing it, out about trucking because you know yeah. anything can happen i had a gig at the gorge where we were four hours late because leaving our shop um the, car, the truck just got t-boned <laughs> like oh someone just God. blew through a red light and just hit a semi truck and like that delayed the guy for about three hours as he you know got a new fucking trailer at again this was like we needed to be at the gorge at 8 a.m so he was leaving christy at 5 a.m <laughs> and where where is that, the, is it, that... it was in t- uh, in kent so south seattle south seattle kent, south seattle. kent is yeah, what kent, 20 minutes 20 south? minutes south yeah okay at the interchange of 405 so that's and i5 oh, two and a half three hours two and a half three hours yeah yeah especially in a truck loaded with gear so yeah Jeez. um it's juggling all the lit- <laughs> yeah it's terrifying because <laughs> it's also on, like, on all, all around terrifying yeah, it's all yeah. around terrifying and it's you know you just have to trust in your vendors and your partners that they're yeah. going to deliver because it, you know it's in their financial interest but again Anything can happen, and the show must yeah. always go on. You must always find a solution. Um, so, yeah, my, my job is stressing out about trucking and getting all the right stuff I don't in the know right how you place do it, man. and trying to keep people happy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, That's intense. It's intense. Yeah, <laughs> it's intense. <laughs> um, but, you know, I rely on people that I, uh, you know, try to pay well and uh, who are married to my success, right? Like. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pay, pay someone, you know, like, you know, Lomas or Beals or, you know, any, um, ugh, why can't I think of anybody else I work with <laughs> to, to go <laughs> yeah. through and make sure that our order is complete and that we've, uh, accounted for any possible, yeah. uh, changes that might happen or unforeseen oopsies. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the more you plan, the farther away you are from a shop, the more you plan for oopsies because the more yeah. 
downtime downtime is going to kill you on show site because you have 50 people standing around not doing anything all being paid an hourly wage and you're waiting for a truck right like yeah yeah but on the other hand when it goes really well i'm riding around in golf <laughs> yeah, carts exactly. giving people high fives bringing them lunches <laughs> yeah sneaking them a margarita <laughs> and like you know rubbing their toes at two in the morning because they're yeah. you know they're up up late you know when yeah. it goes really well i i i would rather focus on that it's like the which best it job. mostly does which mostly I does mean, yeah yeah uh, it is the best job in the world because I get to be on show site. I've done all my work is done beforehand. I'm just there to pick up a check and make sure everything goes smoothly and, you know, meet new people and make new friends. I wish was, one of my bosses yeah. was going to give me a foot rub at 2 a.m. when I was done. Right? I'm not where, even your boss. Where is I'm just that? someone who wants your business. <laughs> <Where's that food? laughs> yeah. There um, is the guy that comes out and does chiropractic work at the Gorge. For it's the really festivals. nice. It's yeah. the only time I ever get. I, that reminds me, I haven't had any chiropractic work done this summer. <laughs> right. Because we're not at the. Because we're not out of the Gorge. <laughs> we have to pay for that stuff now? It's bullshit. <laughs> it sucks. Such dude. bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had one meal in catering like, yeah. in six months. I've had to pay for all my own food. This is I absurd. know. I haven't been able to bring home a bunch of extra <laughs> food from catering. <laughs> I have to go grocery shopping boss, now bullshit. for myself. For yourself, it, like, it a, like an animal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what are people doing here? <laughs> this isn't cash and carry. I don't know where anything is. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I've, got, I've been buying bulk at Costco for... Yeah. Me. Yeah, for you. <laughs> That's all I know. Right? <laughs> well, I want to make hamburgers. I need 48 buns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. That's awesome, man. So so how did you how did you get started? All right. So let's go to the before four times. Um, mm-hmm. I started doing um, tech work in college. Uh, I initially went to the University of Victoria to become like a director or writer uh, or actor, and I quickly realize you know my first year i had to take a uh, a bunch in my first two years you were required to take a bunch of theater tech theater classes uh and like within first in the six months first six months there i realized from all my acting and directing teachers being at this school was their best job that they had been like countless stories of being waiters for 15 years and like getting a couple you know highlighted shows that moved their acting career on a little but it was like very hard work and little reward and you were basically sustaining yourself on on work that wasn't what you wanted to do for a living and all my tech theater uh professors had houses and boats Mm -hmm. and were part of unions (laughs) and i was like oh well maybe i should maybe i should work for a living and do my art in my free time instead of working, you know, trying to supplement my art with my work, right? Like I should just commit to learning this skill set of theatrical. I went into lighting because I am, I should never operate a power tool. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, yeah. And that, and if power tools are bad enough, think what I am with a sewing machine. I, in my tech theater costuming class, yeah, I had to do 15 hours of work and it took me 12 hours to tear the seams out of one pair of pants. And I ruined God. the pair of pants. <laughs> like it had, like it was unusable. And they're like, yeah. how did that take you so long? And how did you fuck that up so much? I'm like, I don't know. My hands just don't work really well. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you yeah. for that. But I no, I am just that bad. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, like, oh, can you quickly mend this tear? 
no, no, I Dude, cannot. I learned how to carry uh, the the sheet trays full of food and uh-huh. um, you know, and catering, yeah. and and the hotel pans, you know, on my hand balanced because I was on the on a the, the Michael Jackson Immortal Cirque du Soleil tour, <laughs> and and we were always set up next to wardrobe, and the costuming for that show took three semi trucks. And those those ladies in there were working their asses off, but it was the most expensive costuming I've ever seen. Right. And I had to carry food around right. that. I had to carry spilly sloppy soups yeah. and stuff. Who you wants know? sloppy Joe? And, and they were like, "You spill one." <laughs> and so and I'm like, "Oh my god!" So I got really good at really the, good at the balancing you know, act. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So I did my first gig in 20. So I uh, you know got a job in the theater, uh, being a lighting technician. Um, and then I did my what, f- what year was that again? 2003. Okay. Uh, yeah, 2003, I started working in the theater, hanging hanging our shows and stuff, doing maintenance and blah, blah, blah. And then in 2004, I had my first private gig. I was an LD for a middle school dance. Uh, LD? A lighting director. Lighting director, uh, okay. So we set up the middle school dance. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the sound guy was also the DJ. Uh, and I um, had eight switches that turned on lights and a track spot pad that had nine switches that wow. did different color patterns. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it was the best. Like I just yeah. sat in my little corner and like chugged along on the beat and been like, okay, and green and the room is blue and it's yellow <laughs> and it's green and it's a slow song. So we're going to fade slowly into blue. And I just like, I realized I could ha- work, you know, it was like a 10 or 15 hour day. Um, and I got paid what I thought was a really decent wage. And when I think about it, I think they paid me $15 an hour uh, when I go back. But this was like 2003. That was huge money. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Um, uh, and like, I had this like great sense of accomplishment. Like yeah. I, those seventh and eighth graders had the best damn <laughs> party. So many first makeouts must have happened, you know, like. Under your lights. Under my lights. And I know just maybe one person in that room, you know, they were. <laughs> you know, started slow dancing to I Believe I Can Fly. And when we put on the disco ball and turned down the lights and turned it blue, maybe maybe they made, like, a real connection with yeah. someone. And, right. And, it, like, it honestly felt really good. And, like, oh, I'm really important. I, I'm a professional lighting director. Look at me. I pressed the buttons. <laughs> People like each People other. People liked each other. <laughs> People had a good time and had this, like, shared experience that, uh, you know, we all helped pr- to make just a little more magical or special. Without them even knowing. Yeah. Um, uh, I once, it was uh, 2017, I did like an off-the-clock project uh, when I was at the Gorge. I would ask um, punters, which is what we call the people who buy the ticket store shows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or at least that's the two terms that I learned when I was international touring is punter and turdis. Uh, that's what the British people call porta potties. Yeah. They look like a TARDIS, but they're where you turd. Uh, so yeah, I was talking to the punters, and I was going to ask a hundred of them uh, what they liked about the show, and just just listen to them and only record how many people mentioned anything to do with the production, like the actual yeah. like. Oh, well, I really like the sound. Like yeah. okay, count that as one. Um, and out of uh, out of a hundred people, I had about twelve people talk about any form of production. Three people talked about lights, and they wow. talked about the lasers, <laughs> which I had nothing to do with. <laughs> so I really do think the work that we we do is appreciated, but goes completely unnoticed. Yeah. Like, 
Um, which is crazy because without it, you can't notice. Yes, without That's lights. The irony. Literally, you can't see anybody. Can't. Without, this, without the uh, audio guys, you can't hear any of yeah. them. Yeah, without the stage, you also probably are going to have a hard time seeing them. Yeah. But yeah, like people, people don't fully understand yeah. just how much it goes into no clue. lighting no that clue. stage up. I would, uh, I talk to, you know, normal folk out in the world. Um, and when I explain to them what I do, there's just this blank look on their face. Yeah. And then I start from like ground zero, like, okay, have you ever been to a concert at like Key Arena? Yes. You know how there were lights there? The, the band was lit up. Yes. Those lights are not in Key Arena all the time. They travel. Oh, really? Yes. yes. Every show is different. Yep. Yeah. The oftentimes, like the stage also travels. Travels. The stage yeah, itself, the sta- the stage itself mm-hmm. travels. Yeah. Everything that you see showed up that day, was built, and went away that night. Yeah. And then it's a, a blank canvas, something gets built, and then back to blank. <laughs> yeah. In, blank in, in 18 hours or less. Yeah. It's know? unbelievable. Yeah. It's, it truly is like, it, it's, it's very, it truly is like a uh, interesting industry because you are creating a very specific product that is repeatable, safe, um, and it has to be deployed in you know four hours. You have to mm-hmm. empty two semi trucks worth of worth of gear, and it needs to be a show in four hours. And that's pretty modest. Two semi trucks yeah. is, is it's a pretty modest. modest. Yeah, the it, biggest the biggest tour I ever heard of was U uh, two was two hundred and fifty trucks. Three sixty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was three stages. So it yeah. was you divide that by three, and that's how many per you know per venue or yeah. per stage. But, but the whole two, the whole tour, that tour yeah. in general. Yeah, took that it was many. three. It was 150 trucks, yeah, if I remember correctly. 150 trucks seen. of staging yeah. because they did three completely different or completely the same stage three different times, mm-hmm. and the, and it took so long to build they'd have to leapfrog. Yep. the construction and then 50. <laughs> 50 trucks of yeah. lighting, video, and sound for a band exactly. of five people who don't have dancers, who don't do costume changes. Yeah. Or maybe there's one costume change for an encore, baby. Bono changes his jacket. Yeah. <laughs> but you're, whole you're, semi-truck. Bono's yeah. actually huge. <laughs> yeah. He's actually 52 feet tall. Yeah. His jackets are enormous. <laughs> or he's regular size, but he wears huge jackets. I right. can't remember. What's so funnier? on average for an arena show, what is that, 10 trucks? Eight to or eight yeah, to twelve. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. Uh, I've been doing Earth, Wind, and Fire for about five years now, and that mm-hmm. is a four truck show, and that okay. is a mid sized arena show. So like a, so I would say like a, your larger. Like we did Madison Square Garden. It was right. five trucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also did a sh- uh, uh, arena in Rochester, New York, and yeah. it was the same five trucks. I mean, mm-hmm. it looks bigger in the smaller venues. But yeah, I would say the like kind of the smallest you want to go would would go would be four or five trucks of yeah. stuff. I mean, it all depends on the act. Like if you have a lot of, you know, if you have more musicians on stage, or if you're uh, like a DJ and you need more eye candy to watch, it's gonna you know it's gonna be more yeah. stuff. But yeah. yeah. And so, how many of those trucks are your your lighting gear? Uh, I uh, stick how much into can one you and a fit? Half. <laughs> one and a half trucks. One okay. and a half trucks. Yeah. Okay. From for if I'm doing lighting and rigging. Like on on a tour like Earth Wind and Fire, okay, yeah, that's still quite a bit. I mean, these quite are a bit full, of stuff. full fifty three foot trucks, yeah, foot. that can hold what fifty two thousand pounds. Wow. Uh, before, yeah, yeah, because gross vehicle weight, if I remember correctly, is like in eighty two, and the truck weighs thirty, so you can get about fifty thousand pounds mm-hmm. over both axles. Yeah, truck weight is something I never thought I'd have to learn. About, yeah, about how a, you need to pack a truck important. a certain weight a certain way so that all the weight is evenly distributed over 
the axles. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, that's not something I never thought that I have to become like a master at. Yeah. <laughs> or at least have any concept of. Yeah. Yeah. The driver appreciates you oh, yeah. <laughs> paying attention to those. Well, because if I'm he sure. drives out to a scale and weighs and like he's, if, if you have the 50,000 pounds in the truck, but two thirds of it's over the back axle, uh, they'll get turned around because that's an unsafe load. Oh, Cause okay. if you have, if yeah. you have extra weight in the back, I don't know if you've ever seen the, like, I think it's the crooner effect mm-hmm. where if you like, if you're trailering something and you have some uh, ha- weight in the back of the trailer, it causes instability at high speeds and you will flip over. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. 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 There's like a really great um, YouTube video of like a grocery store conveyor belt with like a little car with yeah. a, <laughs> with a trailer that has, Two, sl- two slots on it and weight only on one. And when it's in the back, you get very unstable. Yeah. And of course that with a million dollar tractor trailer is not something you want to do. Wow. Anyway. That's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> I used to drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. yeah. Kidding. <laughs> Kidding, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Joking. So you're all anyway. set up. You're all set up. The show's going on. Mm-hmm. What's during during the actual show itself? During the actual show, like? I like to take care of my um, the my my crew. Um, I like to make sure that the person watching our dimmer our, our power distribution area is, you know, can go. To, it, I, I like to give them break. You know, like to be the person who's there to be like, okay, you need to go to the bathroom, get a snack. Go do that. I'll be here. I'll watch your stuff. I like to be the person who, uh, you know, takes care of the person, uh, the lighting director, the person who's orchestrating the lights. Um, I like to make sure, be the person who makes sure they have food and they've got to take a break. Um, yeah. I, of course, interact with my client um, to make sure that they're happy and to um, make sure and any of the little things that they need done, you know, that maybe didn't get done during setup, I'll go and t- take care of. Um and then, of course, I make sure I get my check. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's literally the job that I'm that I'm there to do. Um, but yeah, I just uh, and beyond that, like interacting with, uh, like in a festival environment, I want to interact with as many um, LDs as possible, with mm-hmm. many tour managers as possible, with many production managers as possible, so that they know if they are coming to the Northwest, they might want to give me a call. Uh, and then once they realize that I can service them from here to uh, here to Germany that they should yeah. call me all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause Christy lights has a consistent product that comes out of all of our shops. Like we we're trying to be kind of the Walmart of lighting where you can get whatever you want. We have a lot of it and it's all going to be the same quality mm-hmm. of stuff. Yep. We try to have a higher quality. So uh, the whole foods of lighting, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then shows over shows and over. And what, what cruise, is that? Crew, it shows over. Last truck is, closed um you know i've got my check i've shaken my hand i'm going back to my hotel room i'm invoicing mm-hmm. all the other shows that i've uh done in other parts of the world i'm um you know doing a lot of uh, uh, coordinating equipment substituting things for my next show if it's not if the show's in las vegas and we don't have one widget we'll make sure we can use a different one uh getting client okay and stuff like that uh doing setting up crews for, for tours or one-offs, getting them all the information they need. Uh, I disseminate a lot of information, yeah. and I gather a lot of information. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of what I do. 
after the show. After the show. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the day is not over when the show is over for no, you by no, a long by shot. No, by a long shot. Yeah. Yeah, because wow. I've got to get ready for that next shot and then that for that yeah. next show and for that next truck that isn't showing up where it's supposed to in an hour yeah. and a half. <laughs> so yeah. you could be up easily till three or four in the morning. Oh, easily, easily. Yeah, yeah. And especially if I'm doing stuff out of town. I like to, you know, if I'm in on the East Coast and the show is over, I like to take that early morning red eye. So, you know, if I leave at 6 a.m. East Coast time and mm-hmm. I'm back at, you know, 7 or 8 a.m. West Coast time to wherever I'm going so I can start the day again. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, yeah. but I don't really do anything. I got nice soft hands. I do a lot yeah. of typing, shaking hands. <laughs> don't have you know. I push cases to to remember what it's like <laughs> yeah. and to show people that I'm in there with them because you know there's my job does literally requires me to not. I, I, if I wanted to, I wouldn't have to touch a single piece of gear. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have to go to a single show site. But I think mm-hmm. the best way to show to be an indispensable partner in the relationship is t- to be there. Uh, yeah, both physically and mentally, and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, and not afraid to get your hands dirty. Not and, not afraid you know, to do what needs to get done. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean honestly, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, the people we work with are—they're all—they all chose um, to live like a pirate over having stable lives. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, that to me generally means that they're going to be fun people who yep. love living life and have a and literally have a lust for it. And that are willing to work, you know, five 18-hour days um, over a weekend so that they can have enough comfort and money to spend two weeks doing whatever the hell they want when there's no work. And that they can say yes and no to work whenever they want to. You know, know, it it is kind of a pirate lifestyle, you know. And um, years ago when I I started learning how to cook, Mm -hmm. people are like, oh, man, you're a chef because I'm cooking in that environment. And I'm like, no, I've... I'm not a chef. I'm a pirate cook. Yeah. I'm a galley. <laughs> yeah. Galley captain. I'm not a yeah. chef. <laughs> no, no, no. No tweezer food. Yeah. No, like, putting the individual <laughs> lavender yeah. petal. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly there... do think it's, like, it is very, I mean, it's kind of cliche at this point, but it is very, it's very much like a pirate life because mm-hmm. every technician can choose to work as much or little as they want to. Yeah. And, and generally, you know, the way the way you get more work is saying yes more often, obviously. You want to show that you're reliable and blah, 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 blah. But, um, you know, you're never going to be at the same work. You know, you're never going to go to the same building every day to do your job. You're going to right. be going to yep. a variety of places at a variety of times. And you show up and you deal with what comes out of the truck. You know, the you, truck opens and then you make sure what's yep. in it turns mm-hmm. into the show. And you generally have no idea what that's going to be until the moment the truck opens. Yep. And usually it takes about an hour until the truck is unloaded. Yeah. You start working to where you're like, oh, okay, I actually kind of know what's it's, going on. Yeah, we're, we're pirates because we show up, create mass amount of chaos, yes. then take everything and leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and unlike pirates, we don't leave a, you know, uh, 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 sinking ship we leave people with like the you memories know, that create yeah, their lifetimes that is the difference I often right. you know would think about like when we would do Sasquatches and uh, Paradisos and Watershed that like I would tell everybody like you know don't get shitty about this we're literally making people's like yes. best moments yes, of their year exactly like you gotta keep that in perspective like Let's not argue about what color gaff tape to label the downstage truss. Yeah. Does not matter. Does not yeah. matter. Let's mm-hmm. let's do it and just like put as much positivity into building this. Yep. And I've had people, you know, 
what I have dressing room writers like, mm. man, like that's ridiculous, isn't it? And or you you have to do this or that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, isn't all it? the and, sandwiches have to be cut in diagonals yeah, and, and all like, on the left hand side of the tray. Or, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I'm like, you know what? Whatever makes them think less because the responsibility of them being yeah. front and center of all those lights and sound and right. everything, you know, they're, they're the CEO, they're the, you know, we're that's a lot of, yeah, we're facilitating that. And if and, it's anything that we can do, sorry, mm-hmm. to no, you're, you're anything good. that we can do to, to take away stress from the performers to make yep. them feel confident. You know, there's that, mm-hmm. oh, there's that old story about like, uh, I can't remember what band it was. Uh, let's say it was uh, Metallica had the no green M&Ms. I was Ozzy. Thank you. Yeah, uh, the Ozzy, no green M and M's or brown M and M's, whatever it was. It, it, yeah, it, um, it was either all brown. I think it's from Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Yeah, yeah to fit yeah. a brandy glass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That was like a real thing, um, because it sh- if Ozzy walked into the and tour managers go, managers walk into the dressing room and they see the brandy glass full of green M and M's. They know that the local production has read through the writer and yep. done everything. Yeah, Van you know? Halen did the same thing. You yeah. know, to to make sure back then you you yeah. Was, well, because there's a lot of ways hidden to cut... in, hidden deep in the writer. Yeah, right. That's yeah, yeah, the yeah, trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah okay. You hide it deep in the writer to make sure it's completely, you know, read through. Because there's a lot of ways to like cut corners. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, save save a little, save pennies and save dollars. Yeah, and, and and become more profitable. Um, but that's always at a risk for something, yeah. you know? And if you look at like Great White uh, or that, uh, and there was a Justin Timberlake disaster in New Jersey. Like it is a very dangerous industry that we work in. Yeah. People die every year doing what we do. And it's when people are comfortable or t- uh, cutting a corner is generally when that stuff happens. Yeah. So if you walk into the, t- to the dressing room and the brandy glass is full of brown M&Ms, you know that that, local production mm-hmm. company is being serious. Or if you get that email, why the fuck do we have to have brown M&Ms? Does yeah. that matter? Yeah. <laughs> it means, oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. You know, because at the end of the day, it's just about delivering a good product to the yeah. ticket holders. Yeah, totally. You know? And you've got, and our job is, I, I always think of us as like servants. <laughs> like, And I yeah. don't know if that's like yeah, absolutely. weird remnants of like being raised uh, Christian, but. Um, I prefer facilitators yeah facilitators well i think you know in my mind everything's like a stone castle you know like yeah um we're there to facilitate not only the audience members but the performers right because if Mm -hmm. your venue gets a bad name or you're um of being like unreliable or like you have shitty food uh the dressing rooms are cramped you know uh performers will skip your town or go to a different venue right that's true so you gotta uh, I worked a lot with uh, Monkey Presents out of Portland when mm-hmm. I first started, and like one of their big things is like make the artist experience super nice. Like, so the backstage area at like uh, McMinimins has like yeah. Zen gardens and like yeah. water features and yeah. bamboo and stuff that all gets loaded in and installed every year, just so that when you're when the artists are backstage, it's not like oh we're we're around a bunch of. Um, you know, trailers and porta potties, and there's mm-hmm. there's some food over in that tent over there. Yeah, like, know. you know, like which is <laughs> totally fine, which is totally you yeah. know, but it's that's functional, functionable, but it's not like a unique experience. Yeah. You know? uh, when I was touring, um, I did a short brief um, summer of touring uh, with Skrillex, uh, mm-hmm. and I did. Uh, we went across Europe, and then we went across Canada, and the amount of times. 
um, the the times when venues or production companies went out of the way to like make sure one of your little needs was met before you had it, it was mm-hmm. it was so such a breath of fresh air. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, okay. Is there a yeah? Is Sorry. there no? That's, <laughs> that's cool. I love it. Um, is there a show that comes to mind where you're like, damn, those lights are really good? I mean, I, I'm sure that happens a lot, but is there one like yeah. that sticks out or that was just I like did, that took a lot and the outcome was like I did an like, Amazon amazing. gig in Las Vegas. It was one of the biggest gigs that like I'd ever done. It was, I think it was 35 trucks because it was like an entire parking wow. lot full of like, like, an, like, and I, when I say parking lot, I mean, like, think of a parking lot for, like, a stadium. It was, like, a yeah. stadium parking lot full of activities for a conference. Like, for participants to do at the end of a conference. Yeah. And one corner was a stage where, like, top name talent was playing. I, I can't remember what wow. it was. And we built, like, walls out of shipping containers that had negative space. So it'd be like, it would be, like, Lego, you know, it'd be, like, shipping container, 10 feet shipping container shipping container on top of that and you walk under and through and they're like three to four stories wow. of these shipping containers. Um, you know, and every inch of that uh, parking lot that could have a light on it did. Uh, and in the middle of production, we had a flash flood. And if you've ever been to a desert, when you have a flash yeah, flood, absolutely. it's like feet and feet of water. Quickly so like, feet and feet yeah, of Yeah, quickly, water. quickly feet of water. Um, so like we had to abandon show site for 12 hours and it was already a super tight timeline. So that was one of the gigs where like, you know, I go to my hotel, uh, I crack open the laptop, I start answering emails. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be on show site at nine, clickety click, okay, it's 10.30, I really need to go. Uh, and I would leave, I left my hotel room, showed up and was, mm-hmm. uh, and the storm had been the night before and I realized how far back we were and I never saw my hotel room again. <laughs> Like, wow. I literally just stayed on site making sure shit was going on um, yeah. until show date. Um, and that was one of those experiences where you, like, you work so hard and it's difficult, but the end product was, like, jaw-dropping. You know, that walk-in where, um, you know, that you just see this, like, crazy, like, 400-foot wall of, of shipping containers in the middle of nowhere and there's like this pulsating light behind it and there's all this music and people yeah. laughing and there's bars everywhere and there's your coworkers are like like um American gladiator jousting with each yeah. other you know <laughs> yeah. there was a there was there was a, a you know the indoor skydiving thing oh yeah yeah there was one of those stations where it was just like do indoor skydiving god it was amazon yeah yeah it was so awesome (laughs) it was so awesome um and it was yeah it was one of those like when when the show started rolling it was like okay it's we're going to one um yeah i've been here for like a day and a a bit i'm i'm just gonna go home you guys can load out (laughs) i'll be back tomorrow morning um So that and uh, the other the other shows I think of is like the last Sasquatch when David Byrne played and it yeah. was like he had that metal mm-hmm. curtain that encompassed the whole uh, the whole stage and he started he was doing when the days go by as the sun goes down mm-hmm. it was yeah, yeah. Um, the funniest gig story is like a series of gigs I did a Sasquatch uh, it was when Tenacious D played oh yeah and then. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I had a, I had a, a, a trophy that had a unicorn head on it 
that I was taking around and getting pictures with. I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, it was for a long prank, and it doesn't need to be discussed, but I had this ridiculous unicorn head. Uh, and I was behind the comedy tent, and like Nick Kroll was on, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Jack Black was had been driven back because he wanted to talk to to Kroll and some of the other. I can't remember the other comedians, but it's like all people who've had like it was like Hannibal Burris. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just it yep. was an ins- and like uh, Reggie Watts and yep. like Dimitri all, Martin, Dimitri yep. Martin. Yeah, great. all of these yeah. crazy comedians, and he of course just wanted to go back and say hi. So like I have a picture on my phone of him holding my unicorn trophy. <laughs> Because I just like drive up and he literally just goes, whoa, what is this? And yeah. I'm like, oh, do you mind if I take a picture? He's like, you must. So it's him holding it and like like putting his tongue out. Nick Kroll or Jack Black? Jack Black. So <laughs> that seems more like the ne- that uh, Sasquatch ends Monday. On Wednesday, I fly to Germany because that was the summer I was touring with Skrillex. And um, I go to catering and there's Kyle Gass with two ladies on his arms being given the tour. Yeah. So I like <laughs> pop on and I'm like, oh, hey, I was in the gorge. I saw you literally like three days or four days ago. Yeah. We like walk into Metallica's dressing room and they're chatting. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and I'm like, I'm jet lagged. I don't know what's going on. I, I'm like, just like, hi, right? So I go back, we do our show. Um, and for that um, for that tour, I was running the lights on uh, Skrillex's stage piece, which was a spaceship that yeah. would like rise up ten feet. Mm-hmm. So I, I would generally run from the side of the stage. Um, it was just it was just kind of easier, and it ended up working out because um, we'd have, of course roll in the stage piece, and if there were any problems, I needed to be able to interact with the piece quickly. So yep. if I was at front of house, it would just take way too long to get back and forth. Um, so I'm at the side of the side of the stage, running my show, and I look over. And there's Jack Black standing next to me because he's decided he <laughs> yeah. wanted to come and watch the stage of the side of the show. So I'm saying, saying playing, you know, punching my buttons. I grab my phone, grab the picture I have on my phone of him with my trophy. And I say, hi, Jack. Do you remember me from like a day ago? <laughs> went, what? He's like, yeah, I'm stalking you. I'm doing a really great job. And he was yeah. like, I'm like, no, nah, I just have two jobs. Um, yeah. And I remember just like laughing so hard about that. And in Germany, at the end of your day uh, because we were headlining that stage yeah. so we're you know first in last out um once we got the trucks all packed they have a tradition where the tour uh and the the tour manager and the like labor manager for a show site mm-hmm. bring racks of beer and everybody sits and has two beers before they go home okay it was so like we're sitting chumming around with stagehands <laughs> drinking some German beer and then yeah. we like get in our bus and we drive through Bavaria to get to the Nuremberg Ring with the, <laughs> the the race course because there was mm-hmm. there was a concert there. And I remember just sitting in 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 Europe the tour buses are two stories. So like the first floor is like the hangout spot and then up you go up a tiny stairs and there's um, like a back lounge. Every, then the sleeping quarters, and in the very front, there's just two captain's chairs and, like, a bubble wrap of clear plexi. So you're, like, above the driver um, sitting sitting in, like, you know, like Lazy Boys uh, driving wow. through Bavaria. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you turn a corner and there's a Disney castle, uh, you know, yeah. in a small little <laughs> yeah. hamlet. And then you go up a little mountain and it looks, you know, like something out of The Sound of Music. So I think those Why are can't like, we have those buses here? I don't I I don't know. I mean overpasses my thought, probably. Overpasses yeah. or tunnels? I think yeah. tunnels is the problem. Probably, yeah. Um 
That still sounds yeah. really cool. It was super cool. And like the back half of the bus was a luggage storage can- unit. Sure. Like all your there wasn't like the junk bunk. It, there was literally a spot where you could store all your luggage and get to it while you're in the uh, like while you're in the in the in the bus while yeah. it's traveling. Mm-hmm. That was super awesome. Um, yeah, that would be my favorite two favorite yeah. experiences. Um, yeah. Yeah. What was the last show that you worked? The last show I worked was the NBA All Star Game. I okay. did. Uh, where was where it? Was, was this? in Chicago. Okay. Uh, so the twenty yeah twenty twenty. All-Star game. Uh, I worked, I did a, I think it was the Bleacher Report All-Star game experience. <clears throat> so um, it originally was going to be on a helicopter pad mm-hmm. in Chicago uh, in February. <laughs> but yeah. that was immediately nixed when it, somebody finally realized that outdoors in Chicago in February was going to be a very bad time. So it was, in a, it was in a warehouse. And what we did is we built a full-size basketball court that was... Uh, I was about 12 feet off the ground, and the floor was acrylic, so you could see through it. Yeah. Um, so you'd walk in, and there was like a fan experience. Like it was sponsored by like McDonald's, so there's like a McDonald's van there, mm-hmm. uh, a little studio for broadcasting, and like Nike had a little, you know, there's a lot of little corporate pop up experiences. But the yep. main thing was standing below a below a basketball court, um, and we had can- we had TVs and. Um, projection everywhere so you could like get a real-time experience of what was happening mm-hmm. above you but you could also just look above you and watch nba players have a dunk wow. contest or play horse it was so yeah. neat and it was in this old you know east coast warehouse with like yeah you know, bare brick and you know it had been like i don't know like a horseshoe like manufacturing motley crew would yeah. film an old school video yeah yeah yeah, yeah. at <laughs> one point they made like <laughs> butter in this place in 1825 or whatever yeah yeah um so that awesome. was yeah and it required that was like a six or seven trailer show because we had to okay. of yeah. course build the structure that held the basketball court up okay um, no, that's ground supported. That was ground supported. Wow. Yeah. It sounds really cool. It was really cool. I think I have some pictures of it. Yeah. Send, um, those, send those over. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. Post it those. was yeah. it was so cool. And it, like it was such a n- cool experience too cuz mm-hmm. like you never literally get that like you're you're far away from the players, you know, cuz like you can't like reach out and touch them, but they're literally above your head. Yeah. Right? Like Yeah. You can literally see that this the footprints you know, that they leave. You can wow. see the ball that they're da- bouncing. And, like, yeah, you know, it's all happening above you. It was it was so, so cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Of course, we put LEDs and fixtures everywhere to make it yeah. look all super fancy and all. Yeah, yeah, that would be the last thing that I did. Yeah. And, and I literally flew home, and then um, I took half of the morning off because it was a trip where I went. Um, I had done a show in Vegas the morning before and then flown to Chicago and done the NBA all-star game, the call it a breakout room or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, fan experience. And, um, then flew home. So I, you know, I'd done a multi trip, multi city trip. So I took like the morning off to kind of like do laundry and get, get my, um, get my head together. Yeah. And by the time I cracked open my laptop, every gig I had in March had finished, uh, had canceled or I'd gotten the like, Hey, this might cancel email. Yep. And in the next two weeks, everything, like every, the rest of the summer, the, re- the rest of the year was gone. Yeah. That sucks. It sucked. It was yeah. a good one to go out on. It was yeah. super fun. Yeah. 
I love Chicago. It's a hell of a town. Yeah. It's, uh, it's you know, and it was really cool to do. Like, I love doing those unique experiences. Like, cause mm-hmm. a lot of what you, what we do is like, you know, you put a stick of trust downstage, you put a stick of trust upstage, you light mm-hmm. the area for a speaker. Someone comes on and prattles out along, a, uh, prattles, um, prattles along about like insurance policy yep. or yep. Uh, software consent law you know (laughs) or a new pharmaceutical for Mm -hmm. aging knees or whatever but this was like something that you know anybody could go to it was a free event you just had to get on the list early enough and people were like lined up around the block to get into this cool experience um you know and do something that they wouldn't that that will never happen again no like it'll never happen again you will there will never be another acrylic basketball floor um, that you get to hang out under and drink free Heineken. Yeah, send us, <laughs> yeah. Fo- send us photos of that. Yeah, I, I really want to see I will. That. It was really that's, cool. That's awesome. Well, we're about to wrap it up. Oh, um, yeah. We've been, I've been prattling one, on for way too long. Oh, Sorry. no, it's great. I, I'm, having, I'm having a good time, man. Um, cool. Me too. But I want to wrap it up, uh, and I ask everyone this question, you know, regarding the, the, the pandemic. Um, you know, if you had a government official who's who's making these decisions that are affecting our lives um you know if you had that official sitting right here what would you like to say to them i would uh tell that person tell that official that you just have to pay workers and support the small businesses that create this community and create this industry because people who are not able to make ends meet on their unemployment are going to have to find new jobs. And that's going to take decades and centuries of industry knowledge and specialized skills um, um, out. And the entertainment industry is a cornerstone of American culture. Um, mm-hmm. There's, you know, you know, it's hard to see a movie that doesn't have a scene in it where there's a concert, you know, it's, mm-hmm. ev- um, yeah. Uh, American like rebellion identity is based around guitars and, loud yeah. music and yeah. all of that comes back to things that, that, you know, we're doing for a living and we're really at a point where I don't see, you know, we were the first to be affected. You know, we, we were having gigs. I was having gigs cancel in early February and mid February yeah. uh, off of COVID fears. And we will be the last to come back. Even after there's a vaccine, it's going to, there's going to be a delay period until the public feels safe enough to get sweaty in a room together. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. exactly. Um, and if we care about this industry, which I, I think we should, because we make, you know, we make memories for thousands of people, like millions of people, millions of around people the world, around the world. Yeah. yeah. In that tour yeah. uh, that I did for for Skrillex, I literally did it for a summer, and I did the math of how many people, you know, I performed, uh, done lighting for, and in one summer it was half a million people. Wow. Generally considering that everybody at the festival had seen what I did, <laughs> but maybe they had, but you know, rough at numbers. some point or at another, some point they had or another. To have, yeah. You know. Right. Like, and that was one not so talented dude doing one summer's run. Right. Um, there's just so many countless people who, uh, do this for a living and it, it is a good living, um, that you can raise a family off of and will never, will never get thought of. You know, we're not, we, we wear black and we stand backstage because we don't want the focus on us. But right now, like, we need to be, we need to be taken care of because, like, you know, restaurants are able to, you know, able to sell to-go food and operate under limited capacity. But, like, 
until the mathematics and of the finances of the entertainment industry is along the lines of if you don't have a full house, you're not making money. Yeah. Like if you have three quarters house, you're probably breaking even. And, you know, yes, there will be instances where this is not necessarily true. But if you don't have a full house, you're not making money. And if you can't sell all your seats, you're not going to make money. And if you have 25 percent um, capacity, then the only other option you have is to charge four times as much for tickets right. and mm-hmm. music and entertainment it has to be for everybody you know like i can't think of you know as much as i i laugh at the kids who are holding signs uh, hitchhiking back to seattle from the gorge like yeah. it's important that those people be there and have those experiences like uh, that is for people crave this product we create so much so that they will spend their last dollar on it and literally not even know how they're going to get home travel like across the travel across the country Yep, for this exactly exactly for this communal I, I, experience when this. i was a teenager sorry mom if you're listening to this but the things i went through to, to get to that show yeah you know i, I love that movie detroit rock city the yeah. shit they went through to right. get that that was several shows yeah in my yeah, teenage yeah, yeah. When, years. I, when i was a kid i had to get there i had to see blah, 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 blah. When, you know when i was a um before i was 21 uh one of my friends had an older cousin uh, we all kind of like the same music in Portland, and we wanted to go to all these little bar shows, but but we couldn't because we were we were under twenty one and we didn't have fake IDs and we didn't know what yeah. to do. But one of my friends is an amazing artist, so his cousin would go in and get a stamp, and then come out and we would sit in their van, and yeah. my friend would draw the stamp on our hands. <laughs> oh my god! With a sharpie, and it was like picture fucking perfect, like smudged the right way, and then we would like. Like wait for people to show up and then go yeah. in one at a time and use different doors and just be like, oh, I got my hand stamped, and it like it worked. It, it worked far more often than it didn't. Yeah, um, that's great. Just to see like a shitty little band like the Cozy Way or like yeah. you know Quasi or uh, you know Modest Mouse before they got huge or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, people are going. If people are generally are willing to go to insane lengths to go see this. We should do the bare minimum to make sure we can take care of the people who make this stuff happen, yeah. who have no ability to make money. I mean, yeah. I try to think of like people say like, Oh, go get another job. And like, I'm in one of the like kind of happy positions that I yeah. like could go get another sales job. Mm-hmm. But like so many of these skills are so specific to our industry and are not really transferable. Right. You know? Um, yeah. And, and once everything comes back, you don't want the people who have, the encyclopedic knowledge of yes. their of their job to be gone and to be at to be at you know square one again, right? Yeah. Like, and start yeah, starting all over with yeah, with all uh, this new you know new when you show when you when you go to a um, you know when you crack the doors in your truck and you meet your local crew and you find out that ten of them it's their first gig yeah, you're like I'm gonna have a fucking horrible day yeah, this is gonna suck. When I bring on when I bring on a crew of people, I mean I gotta have you know my OGs, you know, yeah. and then, and then maybe one or two new, pr- new people. Yeah. And like work and observe because they're, they're really, the training is just thrown into it. Yeah. You're thrown There's into no training. it. And you, yeah. you show up on social show site. Hopefully you got a plot ahead of time or kind of know yeah. what's going ahead of time, but guess what? We usually don't. Let's yeah. just make it fucking happen. Do it yeah. fast, do it quickly. Mm-hmm. And like, you have to know all the shortcuts already yeah. that you can take or, right. yeah. And, and it when takes people leave the industry because they, you know, they can't make, can't pay their rent or, yeah. 
you know, uh, take care of their kids, they're going to find other work and, you know, yeah, people will leave the ship. They'll, they'll become land lovers and stop becoming pirates. Cause and then Beck won't be there to help train the new guys. Yeah. Yeah. Time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Not only the knowledge, but it, it takes a special type of person with the endurance and the mentality. Yeah. For that kind of grind, and the instability, those kind of hours, right? Like, because some, yeah. some, you know, like when it's good, we've it's been good. through when it's three. No, yeah, we've been not, through what, like know? three huge financial crises in my work life, like yeah. two thousand and one, uh, September eleventh, mm-hmm. like really hurt, hurt the industry. Uh, two thousand and eight, we all lived through, and like you know, there were times when it was like, okay, we all have two gigs a month. I'm gonna have to make this work. Yeah. Um, and, and now this, you know, um, there's that old Sopranos line of like, enter, you know, our th- entertainment is pretty much recession proof. It is just not pandemic proof. And people can't like yeah. even in 2008, when everybody lost their lost, you know, all their money in the stock market and a bunch of people got laid off, they could still go down to Numos or oh, to I was the show box. Yeah, yeah. I was still working. People still wanted to get drunk and forget about their problems. Yeah. You know, uh, and they do that together. Um, experiencing something yeah. uh, experiencing music or or mm-hmm. you know theater or ballet or or whatnot yeah um but yeah when people can't get in a room together and be sweaty there's like nothing we can do about it yeah that's the one thing that will just like yeah kill me i'm i'm also concerned about all the like little small businesses and vendors because like they're gonna likely they missed last so that we have the, I don't know if you, yeah, we talk about the season, which is like the summer season when it's nice outside. People like to go outside and like to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is usually our busy season when there's stuff going on like every weekend and stuff in the, you know, in the middle of the week. So we missed last season. So, um, or the season of 2020, and there's a likelihood that we'll miss part of, or if not all of 2021. Yeah. Um, how many of those small businesses, those little, you know, little mom and pop shops that operate like families are just going to go under yeah. if they don't have access to funds or, or not even just like low interest loans, but like just grants, yeah. like stay open because, mm-hmm. uh, it's happening left and right. Yeah. It's already happening. Oh yeah. 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 You know? 60% of closures are permanent mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, and yeah, the winter, the winter is going to be, you know, winter is always a little rough. Yeah. Um, especially if you don't have a gig that's in house somewhere um, when you're relying on that gig scheduling in the winter there's no shows so you know you get a few holiday parties here and there and a couple of corporate events yeah some trade shows so, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so winter is always hard the dark yeah. months yeah, yeah. The, the dark times everyone yeah. you know you save you work your ass you work your ass off in the summer yeah exactly and you save and then you're mm-hmm. covered through the winter until you know next february when it really starts rolling again yeah this is going to be the hardest winter we've ever had Oh, absolutely. Sure. And I mean, like I, um, I furloughed from my company when, um, we took our warehouse out of Seattle. Um, you know, I was offered to be paid some, some salary, but, um, you know, we were shrinking in size. We went from, a my, <laughs> I woke up one morning and found out that my boss was firing 300 people, uh, because he did an interview with the Washington post <laughs> yeah. and, uh, my wife was reading the Washington post that morning and she let me know what was going on. Like, so we, wow. we shrank in size, um, you know, to like our Toronto shop is where, where we started has like three or four people working in it, um, where it used to have like 70 people or, you know, wow, 50, yeah. 60 people coming in um, with tech or with uh, prep crews and stuff. So mm-hmm. we're already seeing a mass shrink in, in, the, in the industry. And part of me worries that like someone like Amazon will just be like, oh, we're just going to 
buy all the production gear and be in every city and be able to take everybody, push everybody out of business. Yeah. Um, Cause there's only a couple, there's only a couple big players in the market and a lot of them are already leveraged. Right. Mm-hmm. And in, in any time of crisis, capital is going to consolidate as much power yeah. as they can. Yeah. Buy low, sell high. Right. Anyway, wow, yeah. that was a great, uh, hour and a half, 30 minute, 30 minute discussion. It was. Sorry. We, uh, Sorry about that. No, it's, uh, it's yeah, always a good time. I love I love interviewing. I love talking with people. And yeah. man, it's been being one thing I love about my job is I get to you know meet hundreds and thousands of people mm-hmm. every year, and I get to yeah. talk to them for you know five ten minutes or maybe for maybe five to ten minutes or maybe even five to ten words. But like I like what I really love is that human interaction. Like yeah. looking someone in the face and yeah. being like, ah, oh, we're having a real moment together. Yeah. Whether know. it's pushing the stupid case up this hill or like, yeah. man, um, <laughs> that pile of hot dogs they have at catering is the most depressing thing I've ever seen yeah. in my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, Dude, decided, I... who decided to feed the entire crew bean burritos for three days in a row? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> or, you know, uh, the, the year you and I... You and I um, built a fort out of all the cases of beer yeah yeah <laughs> fort awesome yeah. <laughs> made out of bud light we had, had like a doorway <laughs> it was awesome ah oh, those times the yeah. oops uh budweiser decided to sponsor mm-hmm. yeah yeah oops yep. budweiser decided to sponsor this here's four pallets of four pallets various budweiser <laughs> yeah. products I feel like that yeah no that would have been sasquatch I think that was well because i mean they do drop a decent amount of beer at that one, but when it comes to pallets, it's it's usually Watershed and Sasquatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I always thought Man. was funniest thing about Watershed is the old. So uh, the Gorge is my favorite venue of all times. Beats yeah. Red Rocks. It beats every. Yeah. Hands down, it is the most beautiful venue in mm-hmm. the world. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, like I did a show in Finland that might like challenge it because it was a small little lake and i swear to god there were like trolls living in the mountains behind it <laughs> you know they fed me reindeer in, in catering catering was white tablecloths and like five course Ooh, meals man um at the shows that that show you know it never got dark because it was summer in yeah. in northern europe so uh it, in the show like the the crowd split apart at one point and did like a soul train dance line and then okay. everybody sat down during the set, you know, during the like melancholy part of the the set, you know, and it was the craziest thing. But... I want to go to a show in Europe, dude. It was, That's... it was, it was amazing. <laughs> it was, it was the craziest thing because it was watching thousands of people all collectively agreeing to do something that yeah. I, like, and, that I would never think of. And, and the, the Soul Train thing was great because it was like thirty or pe- thirty people got to like yeah. dance down the line <laughs> and everybody stood on their side cheering them on mm-hmm. right as we're listening to like bangerang right like <laughs> so bizarre but yeah um i was talking about the gorge there for a second i forgot what i was saying but anyway um that is the most yeah it's the most beautiful venue and, venue and uh Water. Oh, Watershed. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, sorry. Uh, so the Gorge season, you know, there's a lot of one-off shows, uh, touring shows, but, like, the three, like, festivals were um, Sasquatch, which was, like, a, you know, rock festival, mm-hmm. uh, Paradiso, which was a EDM show, and then Watershed. And yep. I always thought it was funny because it was, like, um, Sasquatch was, like, pretty run-of-the-mill. You had a standard, standard kind of festival 
uh, but like you'd see a lot of really interesting artists. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Paradiso was the funniest show because it was the nicest crowd you've ever run into. Like yeah. every because they're all on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's kind. They're picking. They're picking up after themselves. Yeah. Like there's it's the camp the 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 grounds are like kind of the cleanest you see them because yeah. everybody's worried about dropping their stick of gum. You know like yeah. and Watershed was the funniest because it was the rowdiest crowd oh, that yeah. destroyed the campgrounds all and. The drugs. And all of the artists had their own personal workout vans. Yeah. Like they had trailers <laughs> full of weights. So yeah. you'd see like like random country stars like, you know, doing uh, um, squats and yeah. bench presses and they like and they all have their hour or two hour routine to keep themselves in shape. Like yep. oh, Alabama line, what is that? There Florida, Georgia line. Florida, Georgia line. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I watch I, I watched those guys. Like I went down to went down to get lunch and catering. They were working out. I left after I ate. They were still working out. I had to go take a set of crew down to get lunch, like half an hour later. Yeah. They were still working out. And mind you, it is a hundred <laughs> degrees oh, outside yeah. at the gorge. And they're just like lifting kettlebells. Yeah. <laughs> like, you guys care more about your image than any other <laughs> artist. Even the even the like indie rock group where yeah. like indie rock festivals where people are like making sure they're wearing matching button up flannels. Yeah. Not even close. Not even close. Yeah. The watershed is a lot of fun. It is it different so than fun. Sasquatch because I remember uh, as Sasquatch uh, the 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 band the Portland band uh, Red Fang yeah. was hitting up the bar right away. <laughs> there yeah. was no workout gym. They, nope. were, they were off the bus into the bar. Yeah. Yep. They are super nice. Incredible. Yeah. And the drummer it was so badass. It was hot. They yeah. were on the the, the 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 Bigfoot stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as soon as their set was done, he he ran off the stage, went across that drive area, uh, yeah. and then you know there's there's the road and then the cliff. Yes. And he and he just sprayed vomit <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and and then and then moments after that, he was back at the bar. <laughs> well, it's it good seeing you again. It's good Mike. seeing you too. It was really great. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. Appreciate yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Thanks for being here. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, when we see each other again, it's either an update on an episode or a, or a hangout or yeah, we'll f- maybe we'll be gigging. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say back, back to work. work. It'd be really nice. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to Show Call. To help save live events and the crew that make them happen, go to WeMakeEvents.org and tell your representatives how important live music is to you. That's WeMakeEvents.org. If you'd like to be on the show, contact us at guests at showcallpodcast.com. That's guests at showcallpodcast.com. If you have questions or would like to know more about what it takes to put on events, contact us at info at showcallpodcast.com. That's info at showcallpodcast.com. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Google Play. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe. New episodes are uploaded every Monday and Thursday. See you next week. WeMakeEvents.org is not affiliated with Show Call Podcast and is not responsible for the views expressed by the show.